welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. As part of our hero's journey, men will often struggle with our interactions with the feminine, both the women in our lives and the feminine aspect that live inside every man. Women have the ability to confound us, test us, push us, as well as celebrate and elevate us. My own marriage and partnership with my wife, Lisa, has lasted more than 25 years now, and the learning in this relationship has been astounding. She has, in many ways, been my most important teacher, and I would not be the man I am today without her influence. In your primary relationship, all your baggage and your shadow come into play. The soft underbelly of your ego gets exposed, and any bullshit you might be trying to pull out in the world, any persona that you construct to come across as nothing but confident and positive, will surely be exposed and wilt in the slow burn furnace of a long-term relationship. A good marriage absolutely requires you to show up authentically, warts and all, fear and shame, needy and insecure. These are the childhood wounds that we bring into our partnerships. Even if we had a relatively healthy childhood, which few of us had, Marriage will test you every step of the way. A long-term partnership teaches you about heart and what it is to love. However, our clumsy attempts at unconditional love repeatedly show us our biases and our fear of intimacy. It's easy to say, I accept you and love you, but my subconscious mind, with all its baggage and wounds and insecurities, keeps me projecting my preferences onto my beloved. I'm okay when you show up as X, but not when you show up as Y. Marriage and lifelong partnerships are a true hero's journey. Together, you will face dragons that seem terrifying, childhood wounds, traumas, fears of all sorts. You may face infidelity and fear of abandonment, and you will face a dark night of the soul where it looks like everything is falling apart and all hope is lost. When you are there, remember that this is simply a chapter in your hero's journey. Look for resources and your mentor and forge on. And like in a hero's tale, you will change and grow. Who you are in the next chapter will be a different version of yourself, and it will be the same for your partner. I honor all of you on this path, for I know how challenging and frustrating it can be learning how to deal with yourself in this force of nature called your life partner. With that being said, my blessing to you is that you deeply honor your partner for what he or she is to you, a soulmate who is deeply committed to your growth and someone who is helping you strengthen your heart. Interestingly, strong and loving hearts is exactly what the world is calling for right now. My guest today is an exceptional woman known for her beauty, intuition, humor, and courage. Lisa Rizak has been a classically trained actor, a corporate trainer, an entrepreneur, a mother, and a fundraising auctioneer. She is a creative thinker and a person who models living your deepest truths. She's also been my life partner for the past 26 years. Here is my interview with Lisa Rizak. Okay, I am here. With none other than Lisa Rezac. Lisa, welcome to Base Camp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Hi. Very, very weird, but let's let's do this, man. All the way, all the way from downstairs, <laughs> Lisa Rezac. Probably could have done it in person right here at the one microphone, but we're trying it this way. So no, that would that would be weird. No, that this is much weird. better. <laughs> yeah. Be like, be like Donnie and Marie. We don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've been listening <laughs> to the show. I've been I've been really um happy that you've been listening to the show and and plugging into some of the episodes. That's really um, made my day to to watch you make comments on the show. So thanks for listening. Um, and we've been talking about this episode, we're talking all about relationships and marriages as a hero's journey. 
and that, you know, we, we get these uh, notions from our culture, this whole like, you know, finding lasting love and you, and you fall in love with a partner and then that's it. It's just happily ever after. They, they don't comment. We don't get a, a context that your marriage and your long-term partnership is a true hero's journey because you have to face yourself. Um, and I thought it would be really interesting to talk to you about this because we both have shared this a number of times. And, you know, it's been said that um, we choose the partner that will help us resolve our childhood wounds. And that doesn't sound really sexy, but there's some truth to it. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, how have you seen this played out in your own marriage? Um, and what have been the most valuable lessons that you've learned um, by being in this relationship? So do you mean resolve our childhood wounds or trigger? <laughs> <laughs> I guess one leads to the other, right? Sorry, I, trigger, I couldn't resist. If I trigger you a thousand times, eventually it gets resolved <laughs> and vice versa. So yeah, so just uh, about that. That's really good. No, I've, I've never been uh, triggered in this relationship at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if you have experienced anything other than that, I don't know what's going on. Um, it's no, been a um, one-way trigger, damn it. It really has. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, yeah, no, like a billion percent, you know, um, um, I mean, you know, by being just, just by privy of being in a relationship and working through it in a loving way will, will help resolve these, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, you can, I think it does need to be done more in a thoughtful way though. I think that just by being in a relationship, you will learn more about yourself, but you can also just continue to kind of perpetuate you know, the things that maybe didn't serve you that you learned from your parents or something like that, or mm -hmm. kind of perpetuate bad habits. Mm -hmm. um, but if you really take the time to work on the marriage in a way to resolve things and by getting new tools, then absolutely you're going to be resolving your childhood wounds. And you and I have absolutely been on that together. And you know, I think that, I mean, we're, that's, that's what we have. That's one of the things that is really strong in our relationships and what we have in common is that we have really honored that in each other. Um, and then we, we went out there. I mean, I've always said that, um, you know, I just, I have a, I have a low tolerance for things being bad. I, I have to resolve them. And so we, you know, when we were in New York, we started marriage counseling to get those new tools because mm -hmm. otherwise it wasn't going to be sustainable. It wasn't going to be good. And that's when we began our journey of like, okay, what do we need to do here, um, you know, to learn? And, and I remember at one point she said to us, um, you're actually going to learn how to be husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you weren't really taught that in a great way. And I was like, oh my God. I wasn't, I wasn't taught how to be a good wife, you know, and it even sounded sexist, you know, I was, I was, I didn't like that, but yeah. now I really get it. I really get it. And, you know, being a good wife um, and a woman in a relationship is, is a, I think a great honor. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, I remember we took land, uh, classes at Landmark and I remember mm -hmm. hearing a definition of unconditional love that said, you know, unconditional love is essentially accepting your partner for all the ways that he or she is and all the ways that he or she isn't. And I think that is such a spot on definition and it is where the rubber meets the road because I still 
want to conditionally love you, right? I still want you to be different than you sometimes you show up, right? That's what the challenging part is saying. Yeah. However you are, I completely accept where you're at. And people, mm. I know I struggle with that. I totally want to make a condition out of it. And, you know, you have to be happy, go lucky and upbeat. Otherwise I'm like miserable, right? And, and mm. that's, not, that's not true growth, like condemning the person because of how they're showing up in the relationship, is it? Right. And, and I mean, I do that with everybody. I do that with every mm. moment. That's what I do is I want it all to be different, you know? Sure. And what you have in a relationship and a marriage is you have an opportunity every single day to be able to look at that, you know, and it's always in your face when you don't have a marriage or a relationship like that, that you can kind of, you don't have to look at those things. Right. Um, but because that person's always right there, you know, you get to always, and, and that's what I look at, you know, I mean, what can I learn here? What's the opportunity to learn here? Um, but you mentioned Landmark too. And, um, you know, all those years of, of marriage counseling, and that was great. I got amazing tools and it was very nurturing, but it wasn't until I did Landmark that I really saw, because I can't, what I love to do is I love to put it all over there on you. Mm-hmm. I love to just, oh, it's his responsibility. It's over there with him. And that was what I didn't get in the marriage counseling that I got in Landmark because you're not in the room. Yeah. The person who's there is me and they're not talking to you. They're talking to me. And it's like, I got how I was responsible for how I was showing up in the marriage. And that was huge because I don't like to take responsibility. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. about Right. right. I have noticed that. (laughs) And it was, I don't like to either in many cases. So yes. Interesting. Well, you, 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 you mentioned, you mentioned tools before. Um, What, what have been some of the tools that you have found that have really helped um, you navigate this relationship? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, um, like I said, going back to the, uh, the, the counseling, you know, that tool to create a safe space. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember we were going in there. We were, we were really, it was, we were just kind of torn up and really vulnerable. And mm-hmm. that was the first step was getting to a place where we felt we were safe and we could both communicate our side in a, in, in a, in a neutral way with somebody helping us yep. um, to really create. And this has kind of been this, that's the cornerstone is creating a safe space to be able to say what you need to say mm-hmm. um, for both people. And then learning boundaries about how you communicate. Okay. What are the rules here? What can and can you not do? Mm -hmm. Um, But mirroring for me was so valuable because I needed to be heard on a level that I didn't feel like I was getting heard from, from childhood or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the mirroring really, you know, fulfilled that part in me that I, I couldn't learn how to do for myself, you know, at that point. Um, so that was a huge tool. Well, and uh, mirroring something we still use to this day. I don't know how couples can, can grow their relationship and not learn that. I think it's so common now couples all do this mirroring, but there's probably a lot out there that don't know what it is or have never tried it. Uh, getting the love you want by Harville Hendricks outlines mirroring process. And it's something it is, it will be one of your biggest tools in your toolbox in terms of marriage. And the other thing from John Gottman that I thought I remembered well, was that, remember he had those like turning towards like bids, yeah. bids for affection. And it, it could be, it's not just like being flirty. It could be something as simple as, you know, uh, asking the person how something went, like literally anything that you turn and interact mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. person in a fresh way is he, he categorizes it as a bid for attention. He goes, don't, don't ignore those because that's your partner looking to 
come closer to you. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we can be unconscious about some of the day-to-day things you're, you know, somebody making you lunch is a, could be a bid for affection and attention and just appreciation. And if you just, if you step over it and don't notice it, the person feels kind of gypped or maybe subconsciously they feel like, Oh, you know, this isn't, we don't have that strong of a relationship or whatever might go through their head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also liked what, what I felt like what John Gottman did building on the mirroring at the end, he would say, and I love this, what could I do differently next time? And what could I see you do differently next time? And then the other person got to go as well. And I I loved that. I thought that that was a really great way because it's like, there's going to be a next time. I messed up this time, but you know what? And then, and it's so awesome because you get to you get to see it for yourself and, and then you get to say it for them, you know? Totally. Um, but this mirroring too uh, reminds me, I started using that with Lucas and it was, it's huge. I mean, to be able to have that tool in my toolbox for my son when he didn't know it, when he's upset, oh my yeah. God, it like diffuses the situation immediately. Yeah, um, and then the one I was going to say earlier that I was trying to think of, figuring out whose baggage it is was was really big and yeah. and that's kind of come about over the years but it's like is this me bringing the baggage or is this tony or is it both of us right. and being able to kind of parcel that out um that's really important because then when the, it's the other person coming in triggered or upset and you're not you can be just like huh that's theirs oh yeah. i actually don't need to jump in and fight with them because i'm not in the mood or whatever um and 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 just being able to see that that's that's have that perspective is really good Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause on the, on the big repeating dust ups that you get in your, yeah. in your relationship, there's always going to be both sides are being triggered, right? It's not because if, yeah. if only one's getting triggered, then usually it's not quite a, as big of a deal, but on the ones where you just, you're working on it and it, it's always going to be, Oh, what did I do? What, what do I keep getting tripped up here? Why do I feel so upset? Um, am I getting triggered with shame? What What's happening here? Yeah. So, and that took us a long time to get to that point where uh, I would try to, like, say I'd be upset about something, not knowing it, and mm-hmm. then I would continue to try to antagonize you, mm-hmm. you know, and and it got, and, and now we just kind of don't get hooked no matter what the other person's, I wouldn't say no matter what, but if, yeah. if it's a moment where we're not going to, then the other person will let it go. Whereas in the past, we would just be like, come on, I want to spar. Totally. <laughs> you know? But now we don't, we just don't pick it up. Yeah. We, just, we just don't engage the way, but I mean, you know, we're in this thing along, we're, we're in over 20 years. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, and, I, and I remember, I mean, I, I got triggered a thousand times over that soft underbelly of you could just say something really innocent that mm. that I would completely take the wrong way. Like, yeah. how dare mm-hmm. she criticize me? And I could never catch it. I would get triggered with shame. It was familiar mm-hmm. from my childhood when I got criticized. Mm-hmm. And I would just get massively defensive and go on a, on the attack. And I had to I had to live through, I had to go through like a thousand episodes before I could finally go with wait a minute I keep getting triggered and this is like a this is like a tender vulnerable spot in me and uh and I'm and I'm you know lashing out at her so she won't get that tender spot in me is what it was right <laughs> yeah and and you can start to see that the you know, here comes that person's thing again you know yeah. um and and I've told this to you before I mean you you stopping drinking that was the turning point because mm. I you know I I knew I was in this relationship and, you know, and it just, you just, once you stop drinking, you just don't get angry like you used to. And mm-hmm. that stopped. And all those needless 
fights and it wasn't when you were drinking. It just yeah. made you more hot headed and yeah. edgy. Yeah. And so it wasn't, you know, it was not, yeah. And it just, it just over about six months into it, all of a sudden you were just way more chill than you yeah. had ever been, you know? Yeah. So. Well, thank you for acknowledging my sobriety. That was an important part of my life and part of my yeah. hero's journey. And I'm edgy yeah. enough without drinking. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so as a woman, what, what's something that you that you would love to see men get better at? I mean, you can use me as an example or not, doesn't really matter. But like, what is something that you see men, maybe there's some arrested development or you would just love to see them develop this part of themselves or you just, you would love to see us as a tribe of men really hmm. bring to the world right now? Um, yeah, and I... I, I sometimes I don't like to get categorical men or women, um, mm. but 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 I think looking at it in that, I, and I think that you do this actually. You're like trying to broaden the picture of like the emotional man or what a man is, you mm. know. And it's like um, like a man is not emotional, right. you know. A man doesn't show his emotions and stuff. So that's the thing that I think of where it's it's like that first of all, getting in touch with these stereotypes that have limited men in who they are as a, mm -hmm. as a emotional human being, you know? Yep. Um, and so that they can see outside of the box that they've been put in, you know, that they're crass or they're, you know, whatever it may be. Yep. Um, I, I don't believe that one that's, that just came out. Um, but, um, but I would say better identifying maybe the motions that they're having mm -hmm. And then how to communicate those emotions. Those are okay. two different things. Yep. Um, but maybe just like being more vulnerable with themselves around what these emotions are, being more accepting of their emotions. And so I, I guess the emotional world and like coming to terms with them and loving themselves, however they show up. Yeah. Well, there's, there's so much. I love yeah. that you said that. There's so much. Uh, power that men have when they claim their emotions, they don't get more feminine. They get, they get more no. real and authentic and they're, they're able to lead from their hearts and everybody feels safer when a man's in touch with his inner life, right? Yeah. It gives a man charisma. I mean, it's in presence. There's, there's all these, you know, sort of fruits of doing the work of emotional intelligent work. And yeah, um, yeah I, I agree with you. And hopefully the, the work we're doing on base camp is helping men out. So I, I remember hearing, overhearing I it was you and it might have been your sister it was might have been you and a couple friends and I remember I was eavesdropping a little bit and one of you I thought it was you but I think you said like that men were completely baffling to you in other words like you were saying something to the tune of like I don't understand what makes men tick ultimately and then your friend or your sister agreed with you and said mm -hmm. I know I don't, I don't get them either and rather than it being a tee hee hee moment for me I felt really honored to hear that because it's well documented that women are baffling to men. I mean, you are just so emotional, you know, emotional complexity, beauty, just like this, this combination of things that just, we just go like in awe and reverence and confusion around women. Um, and to hear a small group of women basically say men are mysterious made me feel so dignified and honored that we have a lot that maybe isn't figured out by everyone too, that we're, we're uncovering our own emotional and inner depths. Um, and so I guess I just wanted to ask you about this and like, what are some things about men that maybe women secretly admire or that you secretly admire? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you've, you've said this before, and I don't remember saying that. So I remember I it well. I, I know. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember what the context was. It, you know, and and it's funny because, like, I mean, it may have just been about you because you Maybe. know, I think you are just this. You're a hard nut to crack. You know, <laughs> um, I think men in general. I mean, I love men in general. You know, I've always felt so comfortable being around men. And that was one of the things that you and I, we hit off because we played sports and we loved sports, you know? Um, And so I feel like men are accessible in a way, you know? And maybe that's just me and my relationship with men, but um, I love them. So I feel like they kind of wear their hearts on their sleeves a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? And so maybe it was the relationship aspect of it that I thought was baffling or, you know, I'm not sure, but um, I mean, one of the things I, I love about men, what I just said though, is that, you know, um, I think it's like their level of self-expression, mm. um, how, how self-expressed they are. And, um, and one of the ways that you see that is like how they are with each other and how they play with each other. And, um, and I just, I feel like I see them doing that in a way that I don't see women um, right. playing with each other. They can like the things that Lucas says to his friends are hysterical. And I mean, women would be just be like, Oh, you know, I can't believe you said that. Or, you know, they take it the wrong way and whatnot, but guys can just say, dude, dude, yeah. you're being so stupid right now. And it's yeah. just like, are you so right? You know, and then, or they'll slug yeah. each other in the arm and they're like, cool, yeah. dude. I mean, men will get in fist fights and be okay with it and be best friends after it. Yeah. I mean, that is just, that is just, that maybe to me, that is mind boggling. That, that is maybe what I was talking I about. Know. We can be so, we can be so jocular and tease, yeah. and tease one another and it's done in love and humor. I mean, we can just rib each other, yeah. call each other names and it's yeah. hilarious, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the part. So maybe that is it. Cause that, that is it. It's like our, our cats will just start to jump on each other and beat the crud out of each other. Yeah. They're rolling around. And then two seconds later, they just standing next to each other and they're fine. Yeah, and that's totally. kind of how I see men, you know, they're just like water off a duck's back. You know, they're just like, uh, are you cool, dude? Yeah, I'm cool. Let's go grab a beer. All right. <laughs> and, the, and on the flip side, I can't imagine a group of women calling no. each other names yeah. and ribbing each other. No way. Like, you know, I, I just like, I've never seen that before. So I don't know what that would look like yet. I've yeah. seen it my whole life from the guys, right? Yeah. 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 And that's just, that's just a lovely, lovely quality. Um, and I think, yeah, I just, I do. And it's just, it's so fun to watch. It's like watching puppies play. Um, yeah, it's sweet. It's just a really sweet thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of Lucas, he's 13. Um, awesome young man, going to be 14 in January. Um, as a mom, what are some of the character traits that you would like to see him continue to develop? You know, what, what's going to, what, what's, what are the things that you'd like to see him develop to become the man that he can be? Hmm. Uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's obvious character traits, but the first thing that comes to mind, my mind is not a character trait, but just to develop his spirituality, mm-hmm. um, that he become in touch with, his spirituality and that will have absolutely all the answers he ever needs. Um, then what I mean by that is, you know, spirituality has you coming from your higher self, from your higher power, reaching up into the, um, you know, more elevated, um, emotions. Um, and then there's where all the qualities are, you know, you're coming from love and compassion and forgiveness and, um, and all those as opposed to, you know, being kind of drugged down by, you know, 
jealousy or rage or anger or shame, you know? So, mm-hmm. so it's really choosing to come from the higher elevated emotions and thoughts. So he learns how to use kind of his true north as a compass, maybe to navigate, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that he finds that in himself. Yeah. And if he does that, there will, he'll never not have the answer that he needs. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, it's another way of saying what I was going to say. It's interesting that I wanted him to, you know, have this deep trust in his own instincts, his own heart, Mm -hmm. um, so that he knows the right path for him. He's such a natural leader and he's got such natural courage. Uh, And then the other thing is I'd Mm -hmm. like to see him, I'd like to see him because he's going to be a man and I know how much mission and purpose resonates with him. I'd like to see him find um, a, a mission for himself that deeply fulfills him and serves the world Mm. with his best traits, you know? So yeah, that's worthy of his life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any parent would want anything less for their child, you know? Um, I mean, for me, it's like, as long as he's kind of like, like you said, you know, navigating the true North. Um, I mean, he just was really working on his grades. They were slipping. We're doing virtual stuff. Yeah. And both you and I were like, we want him to learn from this, but in a really positive, great way. And so that's the character traits. It's like, how can I see this coming? You know, how can I learn things by nurturing, by still loving and nurturing myself? I'm not making myself wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know, um, it's just, how is this workable? How is this loving? And, and so those are the traits I would want him to develop is how to make sure he's always coming from that place, yeah. the, you know, choosing um, to come from love in that way. That's great. Well, you're modeling it for him. So way to go. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. you are um, now switching gears a little bit. We're coming up on this election. Actually, this episode is going to come out on election day. Mm-hmm. Um. It's been a bit of a shit show. Let's be honest. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. We're we're like in this really weird spot with the pandemic, and mm-hmm. you know, people are predicting the end of the world, or we're at the the beginning of a new era that's golden, or no, not so fast. It's a you know the the we feels like we're living in the the die the decaying empire almost. I've said it on other sh- on other podcasts that it feels like you know, what has worked up till now is not working and it's starting mm-hmm. to crumble and mm-hmm. we need to build something new, but yet we're just navigating with heart and the tribe is all communicating and yet we're divided. Um, and I guess I wanted to ask you, uh, if you had any recommendations, you do a ton of spiritual work, way more so than many people that I know. And what are some books or some resources that people might start to grab and get to help them navigate, you know, Mm -hmm. naturally there's family and friends, but sometimes um, finding the right resource or the right tool or a change in perspective Mm -hmm. at a time like this might elevate somebody and get them moving into a a new chapter of their hero's journey, which could be exciting. And I guess I just wanted to ask you, uh, you know, where would you point the listeners right now if they're Mm. looking for new tools or home with the pandemic, they're waiting, things are kind of going sideways with everything. And what's what's a good place to point them right now? Um, You mentioned some books or some resources. Um, Patrick Connor at Sharmata.org. I know you've mentioned him before. Yep. He actually put, um, he actually started doing um, back in, I think it was March or April, he has a whole about five or six free songs that he does that was right in the middle of it, working people through it. And they're free. They're on his site. 
un- unbelievably valuable. Uh, it's just amazing. So uh, Patrick Connor, um, Sally Kempton, I know you had her on with Awakening mm-hmm. Shakti, brilliant book, yep. wonderful. And it got, it's about Awakening Shakti and the goddess. And that was just, just a wealth of information. Um, right now I'm reading Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural. Ugh, cannot say better things about that. Yeah. Um, and then I would just say, you know, just some of the things I've read over time is just anything by uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. Yeah. Oh, so it's just so sweet. So sweet. So sweet. I mean, and I could go on and on, but those are some of the ones that just came to me. Yeah, I have, I mean, you and I have talked about Joe Dispenza's work and becoming supernatural. I feel like that's a book that should be on everybody's uh, shelf. Yeah. You you read it, it, it's it's a pretty big book and there's so many tools, but he is such a great writer and teacher that it's all very cohesive. It's brilliantly illustrated to help your learning. And then it's just got tons of uh, meditations and tools to integrate what he's talking about. It makes a ton of sense. And I, you know, it's a, it's a perfect book right now for these times because this is exactly what we're working on is, you know, our, our brain, our frequencies, our vibrations, our brain waves, which ones were, you know, building new, new uh, neural pathways, neural pathways, for ascension, basically. So it's it's really awesome. Uh, Lisa, with election day coming up, what is something you'd like to tell our listeners right now as we, uh, this will be launched on the, the morning of election day so people can listen to this. Uh, and then afterwards, you know, there might be some chaos, but what would you like to tell our listeners? Yeah. Um, Hold on to your I mean, asses. No, yeah, I would say, you know, hang in there. Yeah. Um, it may get a little bumpy. Yeah. Um, follow your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a, uh, so there's a little bit of a trap in that and that, you know, it's like not being about virtuistic. You want to look virtuistic that lends itself to judgment. So follow your heart, your heart. Um, and, um, I would say, you know, maybe be open to and consider other possibilities that, um, will be better out there. So uh, how do I say that? Like, um, the more able you are to consider other possibilities yep. with everything that you see, the better you will fare. Ah, that's great. I like that. I like that. That makes sense. The more able you are to consider other possibilities, the better you will fare because things may not make so much sense as the way you see them coming out, hang in there and, and just, con- just consider other possibilities. Yep. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Lisa. Thank you so much. I love you, love you, love you. And you've been (laughs) such an invaluable teacher to me. I have learned a ton and thank you for hanging in there um, and teaching me what I needed to know because um, I needed an up close teacher like that. Um, And so you've just been invaluable, your perspective. I I sometimes feel like you know me better than I know myself and you'll point things out um, that have helped me along the way and I couldn't have done it without you. So thank you so much and come back and do this again. This was super fun. We should do another episode, uh, you know, at some point. I'd love to. You make me sound like a better person than I am. <laughs> That's my job, right? <laughs> I appreciate that because it's not easy to live with me. So um, thanks for finally having me on. And, um, and I, don't, I don't mean that in a weird way. Um, yeah, I'm glad I finally got the opportunity and looking forward to what we got coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing what conversations are like in my household. If you are a person who's committed to growing inside your relationship, I'll recap some of the recommendations for you. The Gottman Institute does some really, really amazing couples workshops, and they have a list of Gottman-trained therapists if you're looking for guidance. 
Uh, if your relationship is feeling stuck in some old patterns, then finding a good therapist is absolutely essential to getting forward movement. It's always worked well for us. Their website is at www.gottman.com. And what would Lisa and I have done had we not learned how to mirror? This is so essential for couples. You can learn it with a little book called Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks, which is a classic. And you can find therapists at their website that will teach you this and help you get better at it. And their website is at www.harvilleandhelen.com. And lastly, there's a great book about life partners that sits on the top shelf of my library called Passionate Marriage by David Snark. He shows the reader the importance of differentiation and the power of learning how to validate yourself instead of always looking to your partner or other people. Super insightful book. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.